1: Let's talk about movies huh. This is Kenny from my brain
0: If you want to talk movies, well guess what? we on the same thing You gotta watch, watch,
1: watch, 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 watch Hey, this podcast Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast I'm Alan
0: I'm Ryan
2: And I'm Devin
1: and today uh we are talking about the 2004 West Anderson film The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu. Um a film that I had never seen before. D- Ryan have, had you seen this? Okay.
0: I've always wanted to, but I okay. never got around to see it. All right.
1: Um so that that's today's main topic, but it's been a while. We haven't talked to each other in 2 weeks. So how are you yeah. guys doing? Devin, you survived the heat in London. <laughs>
2: I, I did, yeah. You know what? It it ended up being totally fine. Uh, I think the worst thing that happened was one of the airports here literally warped itself. Yeah, like it got so hot, one of the it, it got wavy. It's bananas. Because like, yes, I understand that you guys will get hotter heat than us, but the UK is just not made for that. Like, none of the infrastructure here is made to get no. warm.
1: Okay, so we talked about this a bit before because we knew your heat wave was coming. Yeah, I, I had a question about that. Do is their AC built into cars at least?
2: So a couple of my coworkers during the heat wave actually did the work from their running cars in order to continue working without being overly uncomfortable.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, I kept taking trips to the to a local store because we had to, but they just have air conditioning in
1: there and it was nice. Nice, Ryan. How was your Ryan? How was your week?
0: It was a nice week off. It was a nice yeah. vacation. That's how I was looking at it. I think I'll, you had yeah, the
1: best week. I was actually on vacation. So uh, I was in upstate New York uh, at Lake Ontario. Ooh. Uh, my parents got a, a what I what I was referring to as a cabin, but it was more of a cottage. It, oh. was, uh, it was a small little place, uh, just big enough for eight of us. Uh, including my niece and nephew who are three and six oh, two, two and six. Sorry. Um, so uh, having a two year old running around, stopping around was, uh, was fun. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was, it was a good time. My parents rented a boat. We were able to go to the beach on Lake Ontario. We took a, my, my wife and I took a hike and found like a secluded beach in Lake oh, wow. Ontario. That was like, all rocks it was really cool i got some really great photos of that so uh follow me on instagram if you want to see those because i'm going to be posting them probably tonight um but then i'll get into the then i had some adventures this past weekend that i'm going to get into later on the show um but yeah it was a good 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 week off um yeah but i'm excited to be back yeah
2: i think the one thing i'm curious most about is i know that you went to hershey park how does Hershey Park hold up? Tell me all about it. I haven't been in years, and I miss it.
1: I will be talking about that later in the show. <gasps>
2: Good. Okay. I can't wait. I'm glad my one my one thing yes. comes up later.
1: Um. But yeah, beside beside outside of us, there was a lot of things going on this weekend that I already talked mm-hmm. about on Victims and Villains Twitch channel. But I wanted to talk to you guys about because I know we're all nerds. <laughs> Don't mean that in a bad way. But was there (laughs) anything from uh, San Diego Comic-Con that stood out to you guys that you want to talk about? Ryan, go ahead first.
0: I I I, had no idea that San Diego Comic-Con happened. I thought you guys were talking about a con that we were going to or something before. I had no idea. Uh, I saw it. (laughs) Well,
1: well, that's what I was sending you articles and stuff. Because the the one thing Mm -hmm. that we talked about was uh, Strange New World, the Star Trek crossover, Strange New Worlds Mm -hmm. and Lower Decks is happening this season. And I cannot wait for the Rick and Morty-esque animated show to cross over with this. Uh, prestige, best Star Trek show in 20 years.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, what are they, are they going to animate the Strange New World characters? Or are we talking like an Alvin and the Chipmunks from, type
1: situation? From what I saw at the panel, Jack Quaid, who plays the the purple-haired guy, yeah. and is from the boys, is going to have purple hair and show up on the Enterprise. <laughs> There's actually
0: a promotional picture that they have of like the four main characters from lower decks where the actors dressed as their characters for like a screening and the uniforms were pretty on point. And there was a lot of discussion in a few of the star Trek groups that I'm in, whether that was a hint at something live action in the future for the show, because the uniforms were too good just to be like a promotional screening costumes. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So I would not be surprised if, that was kind of like a dry run for like the uh, yeah f- for the f- for the costume department and yeah the articles you sent I didn't I must have glossed over the fact that they were from San Diego Comic Con I just thought it was just normal entertainment updating news yeah. like I didn't yeah well the, I, the, so I have nothing for the Comic Con to be well, the, honest well the
1: other thing <laughs> I'll, I'll help you out a little bit uh, the other <laughs> thing that was revealed for Lower Decks is they're going to Deep Space Nine.
0: Yes, Mm -mm. which I heard about that through a different grapevine, and that I am super excited about that.
1: Yeah. Are you also excited for your Deep Space Nine Christmas ornament that I bought you on vacation? Yes, (laughs) yes, I am.
0: I am very much so. Yes. I look closely.
1: I look closer at the Voyager one that I bought for myself, and it just plugs into a strand of lights like it's a light bulb. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's cool. Devin, how about you? Anything outside of Star Trek at Comic-Con you want to talk about?
2: <laughs> yeah, because, all right, I I like Marvel. I do. We know this. We've talked about this. Mar-
1: Marvel was at Comic-Con?
2: Yeah. Well, hold on. What? My, yeah. my news feed, my Twitter feeds, my everything feeds this week was nothing, but did you know Marvel's doing this and this and this and this and this? And look, I got to be honest with you guys. I might be a bit overwhelmed because so much is coming out with marvel they announced two new phases they announced their five phase five and phase six and i saw most of it and went meh it almost and and I, I think my feeling was best summed up by this tweet somebody says that it feels like what marvel is doing now is you've played a video game you've gotten to the very end you've beaten the end boss there's this huge climactic ending and then you had a couple little like side quests to do to kind of wrap up everything just to get that 100 percent. That's what it feels like Marvel's doing right now. I know they're building to, like... Oh, they announced what the... Iron... is it? It's not Ironheart. They announced what Julia louis Dreyfus's group the is Thunderbolts. called. Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, yeah. I know they're building to that. I know they're building to Secret Invasion, which is also apparently going to be a TV show. And eventually it's going to be a two-part Avengers extravaganza again. I just don't know if I can go along... like i don't care about echo i don't care about the marvels i don't even know if i care about agatha like i i'm having such a hard time guys help me
1: okay i i will i will help you i because ryan's ryan's been there for a while now i Um, yeah i've been there
0: (laughs) yeah so i was gonna say like (laughs) so
1: i'm going to start off with the 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 last thing you said the marvels have you watched Ms. marvel yet not even a second of it okay have you heard the twist the end of Ms. marvel no, I will spoil. Is there... I will spoil it for you, and it will make you go watch the show.
2: Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Ryan,
1: do you mind if I tell him?
0: We'll okay. go ahead.
1: <laughs> At the end of the show, her buddy, who's mm-hmm. been helping her learn to control her powers the whole time, says, "You don't get your powers from the Bengals. There's something in your genes, some kind of mutation." When he says that, da 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 da. Oh, Camilla Khan Con- <laughs> is, is a mutant. <laughs> oh,
2: that's not that's not typical canon, is it? That's pretty no, new. She
1: she's an okay. human in the comics. So all right, so they they've so introduced there. they've introduced mutants to, to the MCU. So
2: I did not think it would be her.
1: That's they, very it, shocking. And they set up the uh, they set up the Marvels af- in the post credit scene of Ms. Oh, okay. Marvel. So. Uh, as far as um, Echo, have you heard who's returning for Echo or coming I, back? I did
2: hear. I okay. did hear about Vince D'Onofrio is going to be Vince
1: D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox yeah. are both coming back as Daredevil and Wilson Fisk respectively. Uh, and then they're coming back for an 18 episode Daredevil show. <laughs> that part I saw. That part I'll watch. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, yeah, there is a lot of like there's there's not many details about it like we know who captain america is going to be in uh new world order we we have an idea who the thunderbolts are going to be um yeah i i can understand your your weariness like there is there it does seem like a lot but if you look at it film wise it's not much if you look at it show wise it's not it's it's about the same as the movies you would put them both together there is a lot
2: it's probably about the same as it is now, isn't it? We're like, once every couple of months we get a movie. Mm-hmm. And then, for the most part, they're going to fill in the, the gaps in between with some, yeah. like, shows that are mostly introducing characters and concepts. And stuff. Yeah.
1: And I will say, like, the f- Phase 5 stuff they announced, that seems to be pretty much all of it. We might get an additional show here or there. But mm-hmm. the Phase 6 stuff, they only announced three movies. They're announcing eight more at D23 in September.
2: Holy cow. Yeah. Okay, also, what is, and you guys might know this more than I do, they announced or are talking about something like Spider-Man freshman year.
1: Oh, God. Um, What
2: is that? I just hear it's happening and Tom Holland's not a part of it.
1: It's an animated series that Marvel claims to be part of the MCU that takes place before Civil War. So it's like Peter Parker learning to use his powers before he meets Tony Stark. The issue with it is... Uh Norman Osborne's in it. What? And we've never had any mention of Norman Osborne until No Way Home. Yeah. Um, all of the villains are in it. Peter has multiple suits. Uh so it like doesn't fit into the canon. Yeah. Um
2: That's annoying.
1: So I don't know what it's going to be, but it's uh they keep claiming it's canon. Like, of the animated shows that they've announced, that's the one I'm least excited about. Like, I'm excited for X-Men 97 and more of What If and Zombies.
2: Has X-Men 97 not come out yet?
1: No, 2024.
2: What? Yeah. I feel like they announced it four years ago already.
1: I mean, it's an animated show. They just picked it up for two seasons, so they've been working on it for oh, a okay. while. So That's fair. It takes time. But yeah,
2: they... That what I'm excited for.
1: Ryan, any thoughts on the Marvel stuff? Or are you just where you've been for the last two years?
0: I I am where I've been for the last two years. But I do, what what I'm seeing from the Marvel fandom is really not pleasant. <laughs> oh no, oh. what are they doing? Um, Tell me. So, was it Fr- the, 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 the guy that's been behind most of this? Kevin
1: Feige yeah
0: kevin feige like all throughout phase three and four like he was being you know like the the fandom was like you know like this is our savior this is the second coming like this guy's Mm. been everything for us and now that you have the marvel's cinematic universe in a state where it can't really be anything else because it's rebuilding after the last avengers movie they're building to other narratives so i mean it's going to be a, a little bit of a uh, it's going to be a little bit of a clunky ride because he, because because everyone who's been following these movies have come out has basically come off such a high and now everything needs to restart again
2: yeah
0: and people aren't giving him patience they're automatically tearing him apart now.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: and and I know it's only one segment of the fandom. It's not everyone. Like, it's one tiny little vocal minority. But still, it's still irritating to see.
1: It, it, it and compared to other fandoms, like, it's very minor. Like, yeah, it, it is an issue. Um, but it, it's a rebuilding phase. Like, this is the mm-hmm. phase where they're taking chances, giving directors more control of their films, and... yep. People might not like it like The Eternals or um Doctor Strange, it still gets mixed reviews, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: even Thor, Love and Thunder is getting mixed reviews. Like but they're the filmmakers' films. Like yeah. they they've been able to branch out and do stuff that they might not have been able to do otherwise. So
0: Yeah, and and, and to be honest, all throughout phase one and four, the best are arguably the best mm-hmm. movies in the first four phases were movies where the directors had most of the control over over the creative process of what uh, of what they were trying to do. Those were usually the best movies that came out critically and money wise. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that that's a direction that, that they're going to go with this. It's just people need to just cool off like you, people just need to cool off and just let this thing rebuild is it yeah. bad like, at
2: me that ryan saying that a minority or that a group of, of marvel fans are mad about what's happening was the best argument for me to now be back on board with what marvel's doing nope that's it no that's it <laughs> that is you ryan
1: is got me back on reason. thanks what? i'm excited for marvel not a bad now.
0: reason because that's part of my argument for resident evil when we get to it that's part okay. sort of my um,
1: <laughs> speaking of fandoms being uh bad uh, DC was, at too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, were they? <laughs> yeah, they just uh, Black uh, Black Adam. The during the walk, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson came out as Black Adam. and Introduced a new trailer, and they showed that's uh, cool. they showed a trailer for Shazam, and that's it.
2: <laughs> oh, that's cool. Ew.
1: There were rumors that Henry Cavill was going to be announced as Superman again in an upcoming project, but that did not happen for reasons that we will never know supposedly he got covid and couldn't make it or or maybe just dc just doesn't know a good thing when they have it um but they for some reason they didn't want to talk about the flash or aquaman 2 don't know why but uh, (laughs) but yeah so yeah so that's our that's our thoughts on stuff from comic-con as um, soon
0: as you said black adam because of everything that's been going on with the dc movies recently the first thing that jumped in my mind was yeah you mean blacklisted <laughs> because of after the majority of like their main actors are just poof you <laughs> get this yeah, point Yeah. yeah.
1: Awesome. all right moving on <laughs>
0: great transition yeah, we did
1: yeah um uh now we're getting into our segment. We watch is where we talk about things that we have watched over the last week or two that we want to talk about with the other guys. Ryan, you wa- You mentioned it before. You watched the Netflix yeah. series Resident Evil, which I guess is based off of a video game. <laughs> Do we yes, know this?
0: yes. You, yeah. I mean, guys. I mean, look. It's a really obscure game game series. Not a lot of people have heard about it, no. but it has a huge. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Resident Evil, as everyone knows, has a huge fan following. It's got it's got multiple games. They are amazing games from one to five or six that they're at now. Now they're starting to remaster the old ones. Um and there's a movie series based based off of them. Netflix Netflix now has a an original idea storyline based off the elements of the game uh of the the game itself. I'm really liking it. There is a lot of hate going on about it. Uh, it it has like a three point four on IMDb. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a below a a fifty percent. Uh, But frankly, as far as I'm concerned, none of those reviews matter because I've gone through and read some of them and they're pointless jabbering. So I'm just going to go forward with my thoughts. Um, So anyway, the movie is the two main characters are two teenagers, Mm -hmm. one as like 15, 16 year olds. And then the other half of it is when they're like 14 years older Mm -hmm. than that. And, And the show goes back and forth between 2022 and 2036. Um, and it follows both of their, you know, lives, uh, dealing with the outbreak. Um, the show, uh, the show is set in post, um, apocalyptic world and raccoon city two in South Africa. Um, oh, wow. and these two teenage girls, the show's kind of a teen drama, like half of it's kind of a teen drama. And I feel like that's where a lot of the hate's coming from for it. Um, these two teenage girls find themselves wrapped up in the events of umbrella trying to rebrand itself. And of course, umbrella uh. is going to umbrella um, and things go sideways. And these two girls are put uh, are put in a position where they kind of mean a lot to the you know to that transition. A lot of horrible things happen. A lot of the classic villains, you've got liquors, you've got dogs, you've got zeros. Oh, wow. um, you've got giant mutated insects around. Mm. Um, it's just, it's fun. And I'm going through my second watch right now. And now that I know what happens at the end of the season, I'm catching a lot more on my second watch through. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to make it season two, but a season two is critical to them wrapping up the storyline. Unfortunately, (laughs) that's one of my irritations with it. But a lot of the complaining I've been seeing is a lot of people going, The teenage characters are a bunch of brats. I don't like the writing. And then it's something else that's trivial. And then they cover that up with, like, bad acting. And that's why I'm just throwing away these reviews. Because it's all people that want the storyline to be about a bunch of scientists in a lab under a mansion. Okay. That's so that's what they want. And they didn't get it, so they're complaining.
2: Okay. So I like that this is an original idea. Mm-hmm. I like I like what they're doing with the plot. I don't know anything about this, but you may have sold me on it. I think that personally. So I'm currently playing through Resident Evil 4 right now. I've never played yeah. it. It's one of the classics, the pinnacle of the series. Yeah. Guys, the writing's bad. I mean, it just is. Like no. literally the the opening <laughs> part of it is Leon Kennedy in the back of a cop car going, "How did you two jokers get stuck uh, watching me?" It's like that's supposed to be it's like cool guy dialogue. Stop it. All right. Resident Evil is written poorly. Because it was early video games. It's not masterpieces, right? Yeah. They're nostalgic and they're great games, but they're not masterpieces.
0: And that's, I mean, y- like you're dealing with, again, and I know that Alan has, and you, and Alan and both Devin have very, you know, uh, very planted opinions about zombies and that type of thing because yeah. it's been done to death, and I completely acknowledge that. Um, but you can only do so much in the zombie narrative.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so unless you're going to copy like original movie and books from like the sixties and seventies for zombies, you've got to kind of walk into like cheesiness to get things moving along in the storyline. Yeah. That. And honestly, that's what resident evil has always been.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. It has. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it, but it's fun. I mean, that's the point yeah. of it is it's fun and it sounds fun. I
0: like that. They took the, this is us approach to it. Yeah. which I think is pretty cool. And I mean, one of the things too that I saw a lot of people complaining about is the music. The music's just modern. It's modern music that teenagers listen to because oh. the characters are teenagers in the scenes that they play the music.
2: Fair. That makes sense then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want anything else in there. So do you watch this Alan? No. Oh no. <laughs> straight up. No. I, are you, <laughs>
1: I have no connection to the resident evil franchise. I've never played mm-hmm. a video game. I forgot that they were video games. I always just think of the, <laughs> I always just think of the films with Mila jo- jo- Jolovich. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's all that's my connection to it. I have no interest in this at all.
0: Wait. Which <laughs> also about those movies, the fandom, the same people complaining about this show were the same ones that complained about the movies when they came out. I but don't they want still, any yeah.
1: Hmm? But they still made what? 20 of them? Like yeah, because
0: because the video game audience and the movie audience only overlap by, like, that much. Mm. That's the thing. Like, the people that love the movies, a lot of people that mm-hmm. love, love, love the movies aren't really big fans of the video game.
2: No, they just like the movies.
0: They just like the movies. That's fair. That's fair. I, so, I You may have yeah. convinced me to watch it. I mean, so that's... I'm just... Again, it's just one of those things where it's just a... It's just where a bunch of people in a fandom, like this movie technically isn't made for, you know, the people in their 30s and 40s who grew up playing the game. The show's <laughs> not really directed at them, to be perfectly honest. It's directed at a younger audience to mm-hmm. continue the franchise. And that's yeah. fine. That makes sense, though. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. Anything that's else? It. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I'm not, I Devin, you've been reading a lot of books, so you don't have it. That's all I do. Is it so- you read? I I actually have a few things from my my vacation that I want to talk about. First first off being the bad guys. Um this is a Dreamworks film that came out back in April that stars Sam Rockwell as the big bad wolf. As soon as I saw it was Sam Rockwell, I was like I'm in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My niece I put this on for my niece on Peacock over the vacation and she watched it twice so I got to I didn't sit down and watch it beginning to end. But everything I saw of this was delightful. It's got a great cast. Aww. It's Sam Rockwell, uh, Craig Robinson, Mark Maron. Uh, oh, it, wow. Yeah, it, it was pretty fun. Um, it's enjoyable if you're looking for something to watch and have access to it. it it's not the most offensive uh, animated thing I, I've seen this week. <laughs> the most oh, offensive no. animated thing I saw this week, as Devin mentioned before, is I went to Hershey Park this weekend. And <laughs> at one point my cousins and I had we were in chocolate world we had time to kill between meeting every my uncle brought his RV, so we had time between meeting everyone at the RV and what time it was so we're like Mm -hmm. let's figure out something to do and the 4D chocolate world movie was starting and like people were going into the theater so Mm -hmm. I ran over to the ticket booth and I was like can we still get tickets to that and yeah. They were like 10 bucks <clears throat> and we, we sat down and watched the 4d chocolate world show at chocolate world.
2: <laughs> I have always wanted to see this.
1: Oh, I really man. have. I am going to sell you a ticket right now, my friend. <laughs> Tell me. Oh, it's so <laughs> bad. Um, oh no. So they give you 3d glasses. It's a 4d show. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. got like the air blowers at your feet. Uh, it's got confetti cannons and bubbles and all this fun stuff. None of wow. the, none of which I got in my seat. <laughs> like I sat dead center in the theater. Cause it wasn't that many people. It was maybe like a third of the theater filled. I sat dead Aww. center, got none of the effects. Like I saw the bubbles in the confetti. That was about it. Um, The storyline is you have there. Somebody's breaking into the chocolate factory mm-hmm. and the, the Hershey bar, the Hershey kiss and the Reese's cup are investigating. Uh, (laughs) So there are a bunch of these little robots and there's a guy named Baron Von Sauer. Who's like wearing all green looks like the mailman from um, Santa Claus is coming to town. (laughs) Uh, And he has like a bunch of robot minions that are like doing his, like trying to mess up all of the, the sweet recipes at chocolate at the chocolate factory um (laughs) he gets the upper this is the this part made me laugh out loud to the point where my cousin was like are you okay and i was like it's just so bad uh the bad guy gets the upper hand he's holding the hershey kiss over like a vat of chocolate or like a grinder or something and out of nowhere the, wind, the the icebreakers mints roll in <laughs> and save the day. <laughs> it was so oh. bad. But
0: well, what do you expect?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: you may have sold me on it. I think I, I want to see this now.
1: My cousin kept pointing out. He's like, in between different shots, the icebreakers were there. And then they would disappear. He's like, where'd the icebreakers go? And then they'd show up again. <laughs> It's it's an experience. It also has like that 3d puppet thing where you can tell like a cast member is like backstage with a microphone and the Hershey kisses lips are moving to to what they say to talk to the actual audience right um, mm-hmm. Which was weird how they threw that in there randomly. like it didn't make any sense to the narrative. Did they, like,
2: address you? Were they, like, guy with the beard in the third row, help us find our Hershey bars?
1: No, but at one point when you sit down, uh, there's, like, a series of uh, screens on the screen, and mm-hmm. you're one of them. Like, there's a live feed of the theater that's one of them. Oh. Yeah. Um,
2: oh, it got weird.
1: So, yeah. Best 10 bucks I spent in Hershey Park that, that day. Um, oh,
2: I I can't wait to do it. It's on I my hate list. the 4D stuff.
1: Next time you come to town, Devin, I will go and do this for you and we will. Good.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. And we'll do the chocolate world round and get the free little piece out. Oh, yep. Best part. It sounds like a...
1: Best part. You yeah? get, you get a second free chocolate when you go see the show.
2: <gasps> All right. Sold. Worth I mean, the it's ten th- bucks. It's not
1: free. Cause you have to pay for a ticket, but still, um, still, <laughs> but other than that, I had a great time at Hershey park. It was hot as hell, but, Oh, I bet. Uh, I got to ride some roller coasters. I didn't think I didn't write anything new. Uh, just because of time, like I Wildcats going away. So I was able to ride that again, uh, that ride can burn in hell. Uh, it was, (laughs) it was the roughest wooden roller coaster I've been on in a long time. And it just, it needs like a redo. So I Mm think the rumor is that's what they're doing. They're just redoing it, which it needs. Uh, but I did the super duper looper, great bear, all that fun stuff.
2: There is a roller coaster that I think is where the Comet used to be. It's right in the front of the park. And all I remember about it is it's a four-seater, like each Mm -hmm. row is four Mm -hmm. seats. There are two seats in the middle and two seats dangling off. All they give you on that ride is a lap bar and, like, a hope that you don't fall out of the ride. I Mm -hmm. never felt secure in it. Did you ride it? Was it the same experience?
1: The last time I went to Hershey Park was when that one opened. And we wow. almost we almost did it, but the they have an app now that tells you how long the wait lines are. Oh, cool! Uh, and the, the app said ten minutes, but it was more like thirty. So we're like, eh, there's no wait for the super duper looper. That is right there. Let's just do that again. Much better, yeah. Which, and- I, which I did in the second row because nobody was oh. like going to the second row for some reason. I was like, I'll take the second row. Then I got we got back into the station and nobody was in the line for the second row. I was like. Was I supposed to fall out or something? Like, why is no one taking (laughs) the second row?
2: It's like the splash zone for some reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun, though. I'm glad you had a good time.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, highly recommend the 4 d show at Hershey Park.
2: I cannot wait.
1: All right. Well, on that note, I think it's time to uh, get into today's main topic. Devin's pick for the week. Wes Anderson's The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou.
2: So, to give everybody a quick overview of this movie, Alan already mentioned it's a 2004 Wes Anderson movie. This was one of the first Wes Anderson movies not also written by Owen Wilson. This is uh, Wes Anderson and Noah Bamba. Uh, and it stars Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Angelica Hudson, a, a lot of people. I mean, it has, uh, my goodness, Jeff Goldblum in it. It has Willem Dafoe in it, Michael Graham. There's... There's a lot. This cast is pretty stacked. To give you a quick overview of what this is about, I'll just read the IMDb. uh, With a plan to exact revenge on a mythical shark that killed his partner, oceanographer Steve Zizou, Bill Murray, rallies a crew that includes his estranged wife, a journalist, and a man who may or may not be his son, and is played by Owen Wilson. So this movie, to give you my history of it, I was interested in this movie before I even knew what Wes Anderson was, this movie just looked weird and wonderful, and it was as weird and wonderful as I had uh, remembered it, or as I hope that it was. I watched it a couple of times throughout the years. I don't watch it relatively frequently, but if I'm ever in the mood for something quirky, it comes on. Um, I rewatched it, obviously, for the podcast today and had really kind of a much deeper appreciation for it and the characters than I did the first time that I watched it, and I want to talk about that. But this is a new one for the both of you, so I'm curious, what did
0: you both think?
1: Ryan, I feel like I just talked a lot about Hershey. You go right ahead.
0: <laughs> okay, so I, I remember seeing the previews for this. I remember thinking that it looked weird. And I wanted to watch it, but never got the opportunity to see it in theaters. And it's just been on my back burner of like, well, if I get the opportunity to easily watch this, I will. <laughs> yeah. um, that was my experience prior. And I don't know, Devon. Really?
2: i don't
0: i don't i don't like it but i don't hate it at least i don't think i like it
2: okay well let's let's chat about that a little bit later yeah i'm curious what about you alan what was your reaction so
1: first off this is the second movie in a row that you've made me rent Um,
2: (laughs) it's not on disney plus for you it's not
1: on disney plus it wasn't (laughs) on anything over here so i had to rent it. I last time I watched the film twice, uh, front to back. This mm. time I split it into two because I like getting back from vacation. Mm. I I started watching it last night after Better Call Saul because that's top priority for me right now. Before they spoil oh, yeah. it for me on Facebook, and by they I mean the Better Call Saul page. Like they're horrible. They they, they just don't care. Um Ew. But they they want you to pay for AMC Plus. That's why. Um, I enjoyed it. they're like I. <sighs> I'm very iffy on a lot of Wes Anderson stuff. You've had us watch some of this. I enjoy this out of the ones we've watched is probably my least favorite, but it probably has my favorite scene of Wes Anderson stuff, which is the background behind us right now on the show with the orca. Um, (laughs) Because I don't know if you know this about me, but I love orcas. So as soon as I saw an orca show up when he's feeding them on the island, it's like, Oh, that's awesome. And then the orca showed up again later. Um, Speaking of orcas, I think I can finally reveal to you guys what I'm wearing around my neck. Oh, I love that. It's, it's the Free Willy 2 necklace.
2: <laughs> I didn't catch that. I just like the design. That made, How did you find that?
1: I bought it online. Well, I had one growing up, uh, but my mom took it away from me because my sister took it and chipped her tooth by swinging it around. Aww. So, but, <laughs> but my niece has been huge into Free Willy since I showed it to her at the beach last year. So mm-hmm. I, I got the necklace online and it didn't have a, a, a neck a chain around it. So I had to buy stuff right. at like Hobby Lobby and I wore it to the beach and uh, my niece didn't notice it at all. But my mom did immediately. She's like, don't swing that around and chip your tooth. I was like, I didn't. That was, <laughs> it. that was my sister. Um, uh. I mean, no, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, the cat, it's got a great cast. Um I I feel like I could find myself watching this again and probably appreciating it a bit more, but mm-hmm. there was a moment in here I I, I had to split the viewing in two, and the mm-hmm. second time I was I had to rewind because I thought I missed something, and I did. I was like, Oh well, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, and it's like a big plot point too. I was like, how did I miss that? Um, but we'll, we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like it, it wasn't as much fun as I thought it would be, but it was still a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I I think especially with the trailer of it, if you guys have ever seen the trailer, the trailer starts with that scene where Bill Murray goes, you know, oh, well, Jacques Cousteau and his crew figured out how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. We have these antennas so we can listen to music. And then it kicks in with that like fun music while they're diving, which is honestly one of my favorite sequences of Mm -hmm. the movie. And it kind of sets you up for it being Kind of like that but it has more kind of personal character kind of gross and and not so nice moments in it than just being like a silly romp through the sea with a couple of people that you know which you know i i thought was just fine but ryan i'm pretty keen to hear what you thought was you know what wh- why you're kind of on the fence with this
0: okay so like wes wes anderson is one of those directors that like i want to like hmm Because I see because the movies I've seen of his, like the only movie that I've seen of his that I can definitely say that I like, oh, my God, I love that movie. Or, you know, like I really like that movie after watching it was the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like so far, that's the only one of his that I'm like, yes, like that's a home run. Like that was perfect. Um, Everything else I've really seen of his has been kind of a head scratcher. And it's and it has to do with honestly I think it's the humor and the timing of the humor, where I'm just like oh okay joke, ah okay that was a funny gag, and then it just keeps on going and then every now and then it'll actually like hit and I'll laugh to it and that's and that's why I'm like this movie right now is like middle of the road for me like I know I'm not like liking it but at the same time like I don't hate it I don't Mm -hmm. not like it it's just I I can't tell what temperature the water is I don't know how else to like metaphor
1: that I I think I I think I can point out part of the reason I'm not like over the moon about this movie Mm -hmm. uh there are some jokes in here that do not age well
2: no no they're definitely not and I'm glad Mm -hmm. you brought those
1: up um It like towards the end, it gets a little bit better Mm -hmm. um, because there's a moment where Jeff Goldblum and Bill Murray are are walking together and and Jeff and Bill Murray says, I guess we were never the best of husbands. And Jeff Goldblum says, oh, it's probably because I'm kind of gay. And Bill (laughs) Murray says, well, they they say everyone is. So (laughs) like that was a little bit like that was the least offensive of the of the uh, I guess you would say gay jokes. There was
2: a lot. There was a lot,
1: and uh, it it just it took me out of it. I was like, usually that stuff doesn't, but two, I guess in 2004, that was more acceptable.
2: Which, I guess, shows you how far we've come. I think the way I took it was that, like, this is supposed to, I guess, to get me through this watching, it was essentially this is supposed to be crass because Zizu's not supposed to be an overly likable character. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the kind of person that in the middle of an interview about him for a column for your, like the front page of an article will take out a gun and point it at a pregnant woman. Like, I don't know. I, I the, don't know that he's supposed to be liked.
1: The, the The problem with that is you cast Bill Murray Mm-hmm. and it's hard to not like Bill Murray. <laughs> like even like you look at Ghostbusters, posters, Vakeman's an asshole, but you yeah. still like him because it's Bill Murray. Um, so like I I can and I can see that I feel like if you say you switch the character switch the actors put Willem Dafoe in that role role and have <laughs> have Bill Murray be Klaus like it's a different movie completely,
2: but I wonder if Zizou becomes so unlikable that you don't want to watch the movie because the thing is he keeps doing like arguably gross and terrible things I mean the second he sees the reporter he goes. She's mine. I have a crush on her. And like, she then is supposed to be off limits to everyone. Despite the fact that we know that, you know, she doesn't have a say in this. They don't have a relationship and he's already married. Like that shouldn't be a thing that you do, but you know, you still are like, Oh, but, but you want him to win. Like you don't want him to,
0: you know, You want him to I, find I the shark. Th- and I feel like that's where the humor is supposed to be.
2: For me, uh, here, for here's the yeah. humor. For me, here's the humor is in the very beginning of it. He his they they show that film right of his like his first movie to that audience, and in the film you see blood in the water. You see Bill Murray come out and start over-explaining what he saw in very scientific terms. Then he goes, you know, my friend has been eaten, and Willem Dafoe goes, he was. <laughs> Whole.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and that is a really really funny part but if that doesn't leave you in stitches the rest of the humor is not gonna land
0: well see the thing is like that to me that's verbal slapstick comedy the whole thing of like him seeing the reporter and going she's mine i have a crush on her mm-hmm. like that's more of like that's more of like finding finding rudeness humor being like finding that and finding the fact that someone would say that that arrogantly would be funny mm-hmm. and that's like half the humor with him yes yeah. just it, i mean i mean honestly almost every point he makes verbally mm-hmm. like almost every point he makes whether it be in a speech or a conversation or or just a one-liner is supposed to be a joke
2: mm-hmm. and it's
0: supposed to land. The problem is that I only find like 20, like I'm not that big into Seinfeld. I'm not that big into, <laughs> you know, always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm not really of the person that will laugh at a joke where it's just an a hole being an a hole.
1: Mm. For me, there was a whole nother level of comedy to this with the film production aspect of it. Well, and I was wondering if you caught uh, oh, yeah. more than I did. Oh yeah, because they're like the 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 one that sticks out to me is when they're on the beach at night, and mm-hmm. Owen Wilson is running the boom mic, and like Bill Murray pretty much like invites him to be part of the 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 film at that point, yeah. and, and Klaus is all upset about it, and he's like, "What's the problem? He might be my son." He's like, "He doesn't know how to hold a boom mic. Like, what what are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Ryan knows how to hold a boom mic, so you do. Yeah, boom mic guy. Yes, I do.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. He he was holding it low. He wasn't holding mm-hmm. it up. I mean, it was that's like right. at his okay. tummy the whole time. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, but I mean, it was just, like. I found, like, the Wes Anderson, like, film stuff funny. Like, -hmm. when they're talking on the beach, and they're like, oh, look, the sugar crabs are mating again. And and they go to clearly, like, just weird animals. Like, you know, like, like that whole thing. Like, that I liked. Like, that aspect. Like, like the whole ending part of this. That part, Devin, that you brought up about the whole, like, having the antenna on the helmet. Like, that whole sequence all the way through. Mm -hmm. I loved all of that. Like, that was, to me that's Grand Budapest level of like, mm-hmm. that's what I like about Wes Anderson. The rest of it is why I've always been shy or not like jumping at the bit to watch Wes Anderson. Sure. Because that's the kind of stuff that I used to expect all of his movies all the way through to be like, like mm-hmm. burn after reading. Like that's kind of what I thought it would end up being like most of his films, kind of like a dry, like, mm-hmm. Like that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> that one was funny. Like okay. that's kind of what I expect going through them.
1: Real quick, yeah. you know this isn't the guy who did Burn After Reading. I know. Okay. I, know okay. I know. I, just to make I know. Sure. I know. I uh, know. Sure. I'm just saying
0: like 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 my my reaction to like the first 80% of this movie was the same mm. reaction I had to Burn After Reading. Okay. Oh wow. Was was just that was a joke that was supposed to land like i it's like i could see how that could be funny and then a laugh and then again that just that but just repeat it and Mm -hmm. maybe it's like every you know like i i probably laughed maybe two times before that end sequence
2: i mean that makes sense how did you guys like the story of owen wilson's character in this because I actually thought that was one of the, my favorite, especially on this rewatch of it, one of my favorite parts of it.
1: So he – I need some clarification. He's 100% yeah. sure that Steve Zizou is, is his father. Yeah, he is. He, he believes that. He's not scamming him. He believes yeah. that he's his father. Yeah. He is not his father, though, correct?
2: No, no. And, and Bill Murray doesn't really care that he isn't. Okay. At least but that's what I got from
1: Angelica this. Houston does. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> right. All right. That, I just need some clarification on that. I like the story, but the way. Like, I don't see how Steve Zizu grows from that experience. And is there a way that he grows? Because I'm kind of just lost. No, I, I think there is. Okay.
2: So, there is <clears throat> a motif that runs throughout the movie. Uh, in the form of electricity and making like wes anderson does making a common saying a literal thing in a movie so the common phrase it's a literal thing in this movie is steve zisu has lost his spark so in the very first scene of the movie when he's looking at that tv of him and his old partner talking about them a tv which by the way is literally on a pedestal he reaches out and touches his old friend and you see a spark come from his fingers throughout the entire rest of the movie, the motif of the spark is furthered in terms of the electricity going out. Every single time the electricity goes out, it's at a major plot point in the movie, and every time the electricity goes out, Steve doesn't acknowledge that the electricity has gone out, makes somebody else fix the electricity because he's not acknowledging it, and then does something to distance himself from the rest of his crew at that point. He'll either physically leave the scene, this shot will be a tight one on him,
1: uh, until his son dies and then he hits the wall and Fonzies that shit back on
2: and walks back in the room with the rest of his crew and invites them to take part in his revenge that he's been seeking the whole time that's okay. essentially his growth through the movie and how his son furthered that okay yeah <laughs> that, I'll buy that that one that one was something i only caught on this viewing of the movie by the way i feel like it's kind of subtle
1: yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, because when he goes to open the door to yeah. leave the room at that last time, like there is a spark at yeah. the door where yeah. there's no electrical line. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, like, I caught that. And I'm like, where did that spark come from? This isn't X-Men. <laughs> like, he's not, you know, like Steve the Electron atom or something. It's him. Like, he's the spark. Yeah. Yeah. D- 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 no don't you don't like that 14 years of employment from that company just breathe it away breathe it away breathe it away (laughs) oh is
2: that is that an internal training thing for
0: walmart they had a spark thing for a while like that's what their new logo is that star thing that they came up with it's a spark
2: oh is it oh oh that's asta's thing too i'm not
0: well that's because walmart and nasda are the same
2: company i know i love it okay no and if you and if you anyway. and if you draw lines
1: around it, it looks like the imperial symbol. So you keep the spark yeah. of the sp- keep the spark of the rebellion alive too. So, <laughs>
2: uh, what did you guys? Okay, so the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, what does Alan think of Jeff Goldblum in this and how he's doing? What did you think of Jeff Goldblum's character? Did you like it, or is this just Jeff Goldblum?
1: It's just Jeff Goldblum. It's, it's Jeff yeah. Goldblum yeah. himself. Like my favorite scene with him is like, what? Why is my espresso maker here? Like, how did you? Get this? <laughs> <laughs> we stole it. That was
0: a great one. That was. Um, See, those were the moments I loved in this. Like that I, yeah. type of like, th- that was great. was great. I also
2: liked that Jeff Goldblum was his own own alarm system. Like when they broke in and you heard Jeff Goldblum like intruders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, intruders! They're, they're breaking in and taking my stuff. We're uh, uh, alerting, we're alerting the authorities. Uh, Why isn't that
2: an
0: alarm? I would have that. I'm sure you could find that somewhere as like a ringtone or something. I'll that would it. be hysterical.
1: <laughs> but you need to get a personalized, uh, Devin. Devin, it's a uh, uh, time to wake up.
0: Oh
2: my gosh! Yeah. If I find him at a comic con, I'm gonna. Ask and if you're running late,
1: must move faster. Must move faster. <laughs>
2: Oh, I actually really like that.
1: Uh, so, speaking of Jeff Goldblum, uh, I have the trivia for IMDb up here. Um oh, yeah. it's which is a little bit out of date, but of the five main people in this movie, how many of them are in Marvel movies?
0: <laughs>
1: Marvel projects. I'm sorry.
2: Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be three?
1: It's gonna be five. Other people it's on the po- there there are eight people on the poster, five of them in Marvel projects. Jeff, Goble- is- Jeff Goldblum, Jeff and Kate Blanchett and Thor Ragnarok. Right. Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, Owen Wilson and Loki. Right. And then Bill Murray's going to be an Ant-Man in the Wasp Quantum Media. Quantum Media. I didn't
2: I didn't know that. Yeah. Who is he going to be?
1: I'm hoping he's playing Modoc. But that's just me.
2: It <laughs> would be really cool. Oh, so, so,
1: yeah. Another reason to get you excited for Marvel stuff. Bill Murray's joining the MCU.
2: Okay, you got me. You got me. I'll watch them. I was yeah. going to watch that movie anyway, because like the MN movies, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Can we talk about the music in this for a second?
2: I wanted to I bring up. Yes.
1: Tell me. Uh, so, I didn't realize how much of the soundtrack was David Bowie. <laughs> Because <laughs> I knew one song from this, and it was the David Bowie song, like a uh, Starman. Oh yeah! F- in French, I knew that. Ver- I knew that song because part of the reason we did this is because you had mentioned this movie, and I had just listened to that song on my phone
0: because Aww. I had
1: listened to it on a uh, a radio show that one of the Impractical Jokers did a while back, like during COVID. Like one of his his side projects was doing a radio show for his beer that he had. And he would do wow. theme nights. And one of the theme nights was, theme nights was mo- music from movies. And I heard that one. And I was like, I love Starman. I've never heard this before. So I've had it in my music since. And then
2: uh-huh.
1: you had brought this up right after I listened to it. I was like, we need to do that movie because I haven't seen it. Oh, good. I did not know how much of it was David Bowie. And I absolutely adore every single cover in this thing. I don't speak French, but I love it. <laughs>
2: Well, I think that's why I like it so much. It's like if you guys have ever seen The Big Lebowski, they do a um, an all Spanish cover of Hotel California that I love, and I, love I it have for that the same copy. Reason. What is it?
0: That I have that on my phone. I have that copy of that song. Like uh-huh. I, I absolutely love the Spanish cover of oh. Hotel California. It is, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's better than the original, and I'm. Kind of a closet fan of the Eagles, so <laughs> I, I, for, for
1: for me the uh, the go to version of Hotel California is William Hung's version. Oh gosh,
0: you probably I have that somewhere. I bet. Really I really thought I was going to live the rest of my life and never hear about that ever again. You're welcome. This is what we're here for.
1: Um, no, I, I bought that CD. Like I straight up went to the store and bought that CD. I'm so happy. I didn't did. go to the store to buy that CD. I found it there. I was like, well, I have to buy this.
2: You were there asking them to unload that particular crate as it was coming oh, in. You i
1: waited overnight like it was a harry potter book yeah
2: <laughs> uh, so I so can. will any of the bowie covers make it into your rotation now
1: uh yeah probably all of them
2: i loved them i think the guy and, and i read this on the imdb i think the, the actor was the one that kind of came up with the covers too I think that's part of the IMDb trivia that I vaguely remember looking through before doing this.
1: Well, and then the the score, just because I was looking at the soundtrack, do you know who did the score? No. Marks Motherbaugh, who is one of the guys from Devo. Oh, that's fun. And bringing it back to uh, Marvel, he did the score for Thor Ragnarok. And I think the Lego Batman movie. Yeah.
2: I mean that's a good one to have on your on your IMDb list. Then I love that movie. It is. So speaking of things other people are doing in this, uh, Noah Brombach was one of the one of the writers on this one. He was also one of the interns that decided that they weren't going to stay anymore. Uh, but my favorite thing that he does outside of this is he's currently a writer for the Barbie movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, um, what I, I had something I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh go ahead.
0: I love I love seeing the pictures from the, the sets. I love seeing the pictures from the Barbie movie coming will, out. They're will you guys out. watch it?
1: Oh, I think we're gonna do it for the show because Oh good. Yeah. Uh you know he's working on that with his ex-wife, right?
2: I did not know that. No.
1: Greta Gerwig, you know, the uh inspiration for his movie Marriage Story.
2: Oh, <gasps> Oh, I was gonna bring up the heated marriage story. I didn't know that was an yeah, age, like inspired.
1: That, that, oh, that no. was based on their I relationship.
0: I this me? No intention of watching that in theaters. <laughs> I was waiting for it to come out on like streaming.
2: Nope, <laughs> is you're not gonna one be of there. You'd be there opening uh, night, Ryan. We'll all oh, see God, it.
0: Yeah. God, um, no. We will go to God.
1: London <laughs> together to see it.
0: Yeah, you guys come over here. Uh, I'm man. not paying for a. Uh, a passport to go see a barbie movie <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> i'm not paying 100 bucks for a passport to go see a barbie movie <laughs> uh. <I'm> not... <laughs> uh. so
2: back to the movie real quick so one of the things that i thought was interesting or the things i liked about it were the wes andersony bits of it the more it leaned into the wes anderson stuff the more i loved it and none of no place in the movie was that better exemplified than when steve zizu or bill murray was staying there going let me tell you about our ship and then it dropped away, and you saw the big.
1: I loved it. That was almost guys that was almost our background for today's show. Was just this, this uh, cross section of the ship. I I love that part. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It feels like this is fun, Wes Anderson. Like Grand mm-hmm. Budapest Hotel has a little bit of this stuff, but I feel like this is like the max Wes Anderson stuff. I I haven't seen all of it, all of his stuff, so I don't know if there's mm-hmm. more other films that are more escalated like this but i really enjoyed Mm -hmm. that whole segment because it the way the camera just goes from one to another like that was very well executed
0: i think okay so devin you said before about the main character like bill murray and like maybe the fact that he's not that likable Mm -hmm. i think i think my problem is that bill murray a lot of the time was acting like it was a non-west anderson movie okay because in Grand Budapest Hotel, Alan's right, there's maybe a tad bit more of, like, real hardcore Wes Anderson-ness mm-hmm. than in, in this, than in Grand Budapest. Mm-hmm. But even though the main, at, the main character in Grand Budapest, again, is kind of an a-hole, mm-hmm. he's still acting very surrealistic, I guess, for the character.
2: And, and that Bill Murray's acting more grounded. In
0: this. yes i feel like that's what made me like that i'm not gravitating towards i think that's what it might be well and, and because right, they own, yeah. yeah i mean he's definitely I,
2: not as heightened
0: yeah and i feel like that that might be it because in grand budapest as an example when he goes to the funeral mm-hmm. and they're reading the will and they say his name and he walks forward and goes that would be me darling yeah, like that's his energy throughout the whole film and everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Like that's the energy that he has, and I feel like that's where my like pause comes from. From from for this,
2: and I can definitely see that where he's not. I mean, the movie takes place in this essentially absurdist world. Like yeah. the you know it's Wes Anderson up to ten where like you can mount a hostage rescue. And Jeff Goldblum can be shot in the chest, not offered medical support, but then be totally fine the rest of the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. And in, in, in Bill Murray is playing it a bit more grounded. And I mean, I guess part of me just liked that, though, because I like that he was That's a bit fine, of a complex yeah. character. But I get why he doesn't seem to fit in with the rest of the background, except for the time when he, like, danced a bit. Like, I guess that part, I was yeah. like, okay, he fits.
0: Yeah, I, I, I feel like if his energy level or if the way that... Yeah, I, but then again, if he was acting more, you know, the, it, it, if he was portraying his character the way that the lead actor did in Grand Budapest, mm-hmm. then the whole him pulling the gun out on the reporter really wouldn't, that, that wouldn't fit. I,
1: I think I have a theory on why Bill Murray's performance seems odd. Tell me. I feel like he improvised a lot of it. Do you think so? There was definitely a moment... I think the first moment with him and Owen Wilson, where they just kind of stand there and there's this awkward silence, I feel like they just went off script and like knew what they had to do, but like it was just him improvising. Cause that felt too natural for it to be scripted. It felt a little like a little loose. Yeah. And when I everything, can see that. and when everything else is so scripted, um, it can seem odd. Like, I feel like most of his performance was scripted and what Mm -hmm. they, but I feel like he was given leeway to, for his performance. So it fell off.
2: I can definitely see and those moments will stand out too, especially if they kind of keep the awkward silence in there that it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, an exact beat to a joke. He doesn't really know what he's going to say next, but it might land. And, and that, I mean, I can see that. I definitely, I want to, I want to know.
1: And I can, I can see that first meeting being, a moment like that, because that's supposed to be an awkward moment. Like they don't know each other. Like it's embracing the awkwardness. Um, that's just my, that's just my thought.
2: Well, and that's the other part is that I know that there were moments in this that were more improvised than not. So the scene with the jellyfish, for example, mm-hmm. uh, was it Kate Blanchett? Was that who that was? Is Jane? Yeah, yeah. Kate, they didn't tell the entire cast or crew that Kate Blanchett was coming on that scene at all. They had just said, this is the scene, and it ends here. And then they kept rolling, and Kate Blanchett walked in and told them they were wrong. And, like, those were kind of more genuine reactions. So I wouldn't be surprised if if a lot of that was improvised. And I get that, Ryan, where it does, as a moviegoer, like, sometimes improv can turn out really well when you get the whole, like, you get the whole Thor story. Like, uh, the snake story from Chris Hemsworth or, like, Mm -hmm. the get help. But sometimes it can feel a little bit awkward when you're watching it. Yeah. This is not as tightly woven. I think the last thing then of this whole of this whole movie that <clears> I had <throat> to bring up is: Does this movie make you guys and and I, I, you may have kind of answered it? But does it make you want to watch more Wes Anderson, or does it make you just like you know what? I think what I've seen is enough. I don't need to see Moonrise Kingdom. I don't need to see you know Isle of Dogs. I don't need to see you know any of those other movies. Is this is this good?
1: I mean, there's still some like more like like I'm looking at more like this on IMDb and the first four are ones that I haven't seen. Uh, oh, World wow. Tannenbaum, Starging, Limited, Limited, Rushmore, and Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, they're all ones I want to see, but not ones that I feel like I I'm gonna rush out to see right now. Like if I if I if I turn on HBO Max and Moonrise Kingdom's on there, I'll probably watch that. But okay. Uh, they're not ones I'm going to seek out because I have to be in a particular mood for a Wes Anderson movie. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair. Ryan, what about you? I mean, it's it, it. This doesn't this doesn't turn me off from wanting to see more of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because like I like Grand Budapest so much, and I can see some of that in Life Aquatic, but at the same time, I know that like a director is not going to do the same formula every single time. Like mm-hmm. it. It's it's art. Everything's going to be a little bit different. It's just that there's going to be some st- stylistically, there's going to be similarities. I want to see others of his stuff. I'm still interested in it. Okay,
2: well that makes me feel good because I got a couple more I want you guys to see, some of yeah. which I've mentioned.
1: Yeah. Um, Perfect. But I know your next pick isn't going to be one of them.
2: Not even close. Do we want Not to do we want to it.
1: tease what we're going to do? Because I I want to. Okay, so this is what's going to happen in the near future on the show. Ryan and I both have picks coming up. After that, Devin is. Go- we're going to take a break from the regular format of the show, and Devin's going to make me watch not one, not two, but a trilogy of films that um, that we will be diving more into later on. Um, Devin, how would you describe these films without giving it away? Would you say they're <laughs> they're, they're precious to you?
2: I I would call I call them my precious perhaps.
0: Okay. That just gave it away. <laughs> I mean, you guys are trying to be sneaky about it. I mean, you couldn't even do that. One does One not, does not- <laughs> <laughs>
1: We don't even need to say the rest. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, David's going to make me watch Lord of the Rings so that'll be our August. Um So yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh in the meantime, uh next week is my pick and uh Devin, we've been slowly making you watch rom-coms. Yeah. And I think you're to the point now where you can watch one of the better modern ones. Like I feel okay. like you have enough under your belt. Next week, we're going to be watching the film Crazy Stupid Love. All right. So I'm curious to see what you think of this one. Um. Ryan, you've have never you seen, seen this one, Ryan. Yeah.
0: I've never seen it. Okay,
1: all right, cool. I I thought you had, so I'm glad I got one for both of you. Um, so stay tuned for that next week. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday talking about that. Uh, in the meantime, you can listen. You have to watch this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. You can watch us live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, follow our links on our Instagram page. Uh, you can like us on while you're there. Like us on. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Um, we don't really do Twitter. We have a Twitter. We don't use it. Uh,
2: <laughs> Not good at it.
1: And you can visit rumrunnerspodcast.com forward slash You Have to Watch This Pod to check out our website and catch up on older episodes of the show. Until next time for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan.
2: Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin.
1: I'm going to go kill a leopard shark. <laughs> it.